Hi and welcome to Square in the Circle, a podcast about how business owners in the creative industry balance the art and the business. Felicia Vass, thank you so much for joining me on Squaring the Circle. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks, Ben. Thank you very much for having me on here. No, it's, it's a pleasure absolute, to be here. Absolute pleasure. It really is. Um, I'm really looking forward to having our chat. Anybody that knows anything um, about my sort of background, I started purely as a photographer. So I think we're going to have a really nice conversation talking about the creativity that goes into the business side of things and everything in between. Um, So I'd like to start with a really divisive and polarizing question, if I may. Um, And that question is, um, is phone photography killing the photography industry? I think there'll always be a place for um, professional photography, uh, even with the presence of iPhones. Um, I just think that whether it's a big business or an individual, at some point they will need professional photography. You can't, you just can't recreate that yourself. You know, we have skills, we've done training, we've got experience, we've got the equipment. I just, I just don't think they compare right now. And um you know, those skills go a long way that we've spent our time learning. So mm-hmm. I think that's how it is. We just have to live coinciding. Yeah, that's a nice way to look at it. Do you think, and I don't really have an answer to this, uh, and I don't even know if I've got a, a proper opinion. I think I have, but it'll be really interesting to hear what you think. Do you think that, yeah. for, do you think photography or photos in general are more undervalued now because everybody can take a quote-unquote good photo because of the phone. Do you think that undermines photography as a medium? Oh, yeah, that is a good point. Um, I think it can do. I think it's more, I see it more as to do with individuals, really, who value photography and who don't, in my experience. You know, there, there just seems to be people, that you can just tell the people that don't value it. And, you know, obviously I always try and work with people that do value it and want it and need it and, and yeah, see it as a, an important thing. Um, so I guess it does undermine it to a certain extent, but it just, it's, it's never going to quite match it. Mm. What's the... Sense. What's the red flag for you? You just mentioned there, um, you know, in, you pretty much know instantly people that do value it and don't value it. Is there, if you're having a, a, a client meeting or, you know, even if it's before that, you're just discussing a potential project, is there any red flags mm. now you've been in business a long time? Do you think, oh, blimey, here we go. I'm, I'm, I've got my work cut out here or I just don't want to work with this person. What's what are the what are the early warning signs? Oh, yeah, I suppose it's it's just generally how they might talk about it. Um, it's how much time they might be willing to give it. Mm. Um, how much they sort of know about it as well can help. You know, if they've had photography before, that does help because they're already in that zone. Um, oh, I was going to say something else then. Uh, oh no, I think it's gone. That's all right. It'll come back to me. Yeah, we'll come, we'll come back to you when you're answering the next question. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it, it, is a, it is a really difficult one because I think the hardest thing sometimes in business is, is saying no, especially if you've been a bit quiet. 
Um, and mm. if you do, you, you do have those red flags going off, and they're maybe talking about price too quickly, or you know how much is yeah. it, how much is this going to cost? And obviously, everybody's got a budget, so that's fair enough. But um, yeah. I know, I know. Well, exactly that's what I was what just going to say. Oh, so, there mm. we go, there we go. If I feel for that was enough, it. It was price. <laughs> it was price. Yeah, it yeah. was price. So if we, if you're talking about it, and if you might be discussing pricing, then you know, oh no, this isn't going to work, or you know. Because people that have had photography before, you know, have a rough idea of how much it costs and the expense involved. So that helps. But um, yeah, prices are definitely a red flag. With the, um, if you were just staying with the, the client contact for now, when you're, when you're speaking to potential clients and customers, do you have a set way of um, getting across your value and, and what they get for the money because i think it's really it's really simple to say to a client right we're going to shoot for this long and you're going to get x amount of images and this is how much it is but i think so much of it is educating the clients in terms of the value that you bring and, and what really they get for the money um on top of that uh, i don't mean in terms of deliverables and images i just mean that everything goes into the experience do you how do you go about that because i think that's a real challenge um educating clients it is, yeah. I mean, the first big thing that it took me a while to do my re most recent um, website, but for me, that is a really important tool because before we sort of said or done anything, they can have a look at that. And for me, that's a really good entry. They, at least they can see what I do. And I feel, well, I feel fairly confident that it's okay and it's solid. And if people see that, then they think, right, this is the sort of quality we could get. So I'm hoping that that sort of paves the way. And then then the rest would be, I suppose, by chatting an email, explaining everything that goes into a shoot and what they're actually getting and, you know, for the whole experience. It's not just, you know, because they might have preconceptions about, oh, we just, you just turn up and take a few pics. Because yeah. a lot of people do have that, you know, especially for a headshot, they think, oh, just, you know, just, just a picture I need, you know. So you have to explain that, no, it's actually a process. And even for a headshot, you know, we do this amount of time and we put this much effort into it and you might be able to, I don't know, change your clothes or the setting. You know, it's not as simple as just rock, rocking up and taking a quick pick. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's yeah, about education, yeah. Um, but the the nice the nice thing also is, um, you know, it, potentially you do someone's headshot, hmm. um, and it may take you know five five ten minutes, but it only takes five or ten minutes because you've been doing it five or ten years. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So people, and again, it comes back to education, doesn't it? Educating the clients, it only takes this long because I've done it millions of times um, yeah. and through experience and, uh, and intuition, I know how to do it so quickly. Um, yes. But if, if, you're, if you're working with someone for the first time, um, that can be difficult to, to get across. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, we can do um, a headshot that quickly, but... But equally, I, I like it to be a bit more time really involved because, you know, there's time to get them comfortable, time to discuss posing. You know, I do a Pinterest board for each client okay. um, and we go through that to see what might suit them. And, you know, I do I do like to put in an effort to, to each shoot. I mean, sometimes it's not possible. I've had something come up today, which is a God, it's like a headshot thing for 50 people. <laughs> and I, I think I'm going to need some help. But um, but yeah, so so that's something like that will have to be done quite swiftly. 
yeah but that wouldn't be my norm my norm would be to yeah to to have a bit of a session you know and you sort of make someone feel comfortable and you take your time over it so it's a really nice experience too um and as well as um doing your, your brand photography you also teach don't you I mean, I did train as a teacher, got a mm. long time ago, but it was a secondary art and design teacher. Um, and I started up my photography again, sort of about 10, 10 years ago. I've just come up to a 10 year anniversary, actually. Congratulations. Um, thank you. And so the teaching, oh, I don't know, it's just, it's so different to the shooting, really. It's, um, it's, it's very rewarding as well. It's rewarding in a different way. I think and you're working with people in a, in a very different way um and it's just I really enjoy imparting that knowledge and I love it when people get something and you know the technical side suddenly clicks and or they've taken an amazing image and they can't believe it you know so there's there's definitely a different sort of reward from doing that um and I suppose you might be more likely to work in groups so you're getting that sort of camaraderie with your students as well um and it's just such an enjoyable way to spend some time so <laughs> It's, I enjoy that aspect of uh, my work as well. It was that a, just staying with the business until we really get onto the creative uh, side of things. Yeah. So splitting the, uh, the business in two to a certain extent, was that a conscious decision or was it through necessity? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely agree with diversifying and I think in many sort of different industries, but, but in ours as well. And um I don't think I was thinking about it back then, but I do think about that a lot more now, mm. like having different streams of income, I think is very important. Um, but back then, I just think it was a natural thing, I suppose, because I trained as a teacher and my mother-in-law's a teacher, my sister's a teacher, you know, it was just sort of a natural thing. And the strange thing, my, my photography sort of got started or kick-started again when I went to help in a school and I started running their art six club, um, year six club and, I started taking photographs for their projects. That's that is how it started again ten years ago, which is quite bizarre. Right. But then I started doing jobs, and I carried on teaching, and so it sort of was a quite a natural thing, I suppose. Hello, I'm Martin, and I'm the chief operating officer from the Creative Club. What? Stick to the script, right? Okay, fine. Hello, I'm Martin, and I'm Ben's sidekick from the Creative Collective Networking Group. Oh, God. At 1pm every other Wednesday, we meet on Zoom with... <gasps> videographers, photographers, web designers, graphic designers, marketing agencies, publishers, authors, actors, voiceover artists, copywriters, ghost writers, script writers, sound recordists, foley artists, video game designers, app designers, content creators, 3D printers, the people, not the machine, image consultants, jewellery makers, knife makers, medal makers, musicians, producers, presenters and more to have fun, build relationships and work together. To register for an upcoming event, visit thecreativecollectivenetworking.co.uk. See you there, unless you have your camera turned off, which someone did recently. The Creative Collective, collaboration, not competition. Was that better? Good. What did that feel like? uh when you because if you weren't i presume you, you you might have been you know taking um photos as a, a sort of hobby hmm. um and sort of on the side but what did that moment feel like can you remember that moment where 
you were taking these photos for a project because you were teaching uh yeah. and i presume you know that the fire was relit uh yeah. I thought, wow this is this is incredible um can you remember what that felt like and yeah sort of take us back to that yeah i do really yeah it was absolutely amazing i just i loved the feeling of it and um I actually started getting into the arty side of it as well and exhibiting my photos as well. Okay. And I actually love that. I love printing my photos, framing them. And I mean, I've come a long way from there in 10 years, <laughs> but, um, but I loved what I was doing at the time and it just felt really good. And I just wanted people to see my stuff and uh, yeah, it felt very good. Nice feeling. Has that, has that feeling in those 10 years have, have you managed to and there's a reason why i'm asking this that have you managed to keep that love for photography over over 10 years oh. or, or does it wane well that, oh yeah that's a difficult one. i probably don't like to admit that but it's it doesn't feel quite the same um i think because a lot of people do say that if you turn your sort of love of something into a business it can wane because Absolutely, yeah. it's the nature of it so i think it does to a certain extent um but i have still got that love for it but also i'm thinking more and more about doing things for you know like passion projects and things so i do do stuff on the side and in my own personal time so i suppose that keeps the balance mm. i love i love taking like pictures in nature and textures and it's something that comes through probably more on my facebook feed with friends and stuff um you know i love getting really close up into stuff and seeing the texture and seeing things that people don't see you know the sort of abstraction of nature so i have that passion on the side so it all it all keeps it all going i suppose hmm. yeah the, re the reason why i ask it is because um it's something that i had um i mean obviously motivation ebbs and flows anyway with any business yeah, with anything sure. doing but um Definitely. it always fascinates me where people have been maybe doing something like if you're in photography for 20 30 40 years and they and seemingly on the outside that they've still got that burning passion to take photos mm. um, which which is absolutely incredible because i mean i haven't been doing it um, i mean i started my business sort of properly about nine about nine years ago okay um, um, than, yeah so but within that time I, you know i've had huge um peaks of motivation where you know even if i'm if i've been shooting commercially i'll do the passion projects on the side and there's been other times where i've just thought wow i just need some time away from the camera so yes. that's why i was interested just to see what if um if you know you've been through that or um oh yeah no i certainly have been and you know like taking all your equipment away with you can often be like ugh, <laughs> because it's it's an effort you know to take mm. it around especially when you've got a family um so recently we've been up to Scotland and I did take my stuff and I was moaning on the way up. I was moaning, carrying it. But when I got up there, I was so pleased that I did have it. Okay. And it was so nice to use that. I used my phone as well, but it was so lovely to have my proper camera and being able to get stuck in. And my family are quite good. They start to forget, forget about me if I get stuck in. They just carry on and do their thing on the beach. <laughs> so I do manage to sneak a bit of time, which is good. Yeah, yeah. And and I suppose keeping, even if it's a lot of effort, keeping mm -hmm. that creative spark alive is, is so important because even if you're taking photos of landscapes, whatever, that will still bleed, that that style or, you know, you mm -hmm. might learn something that day, 
that yeah. will bleed into your commercial work and vice versa so Definitely. it's never a wasted day is it never and you know going back to the eye the phone photography you know mm. I, you know I do use my phone a lot so I can't deny that you know it's it's handy like everybody else you can fit it in your pocket and you know I don't know about you Ben but you know we can be very creative with our phones we can you know we know how to compose stuff we can do exciting things with our phones and you know so I do <laughs> I yeah. utilize it a lot and it helps me keep that passion going I suppose because it's it's easy to do mm. um and I did mention getting a bit twitchy because I've just very newly started teaching people to use their phones more effectively and I, I feel a little bit <laughs> guilty <laughs> because I've undenied about whether to do this type of teaching but I think you know I think I made my peace with it that it's fine and you know these people mainly are hobbyists and they want to just be able to know the technical aspects of their phone and a bit of extra creativity so you know it's like spreading the love so I don't know what you think about that yeah well I'm smiling um because <laughs> I, I I know exactly what I think about phone photography and, 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 and people using their phone more and more and I think it's brilliant I think it's so lovely the fact that we live in a day and age where people can create stuff that they're proud of and yeah. they can do that by learning a few simple skills you know, about composition and things and it can actually yeah. totally change the way people see their surroundings and their communities and things like that so I'm yeah. a massive advocate for phone photography and, and I am and I think that this conversation although i started the whole conversation with the question this conversation of <laughs> is is a phone a proper camera well in my opinion well of course it is um yes. and uh, and and i think that as professional photographers we i think we've got to come away from and well i'll, I'll go back one step so when i do workshops with people mm. um some of them bring their dslrs some people bring their phone and so so often they say oh, i only do it on my phone it's just it's just a phone camera and so people even if you're not in the industry feel the need to apologize <laughs> um and it just wouldn't happen you know 10 15 20 years ago because that option wasn't there but it's still no. a camera it still does the same thing light still comes through and it's on and it's yes. the photograph so it's just a tool isn't it um yeah. but i think there's massive hang-ups about the whole um yeah the whole sort of phone photography thing but um yeah it's, it's i think it's i think it's i think actually you're using the in in, in a business sense i think you're using the the way or where the um sector is going i think you're using that to your advantage so i think that's a great thing oh that's good i'm glad we're on the same page about that then mm. yeah that'd be a bit awkward if you had a massive <laughs> yeah, up row, wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> phew yeah i'm glad <laughs> so with um this is this is probably quite a difficult question because i know the nature of work it, it ebbs and flows and things but yes. what does um what does a normal working week look like for you are you quite boundaried in terms of working hours and you have set hours that you try and do or or do you just um uh yeah or do you just sort of take work where, where you can get it and fit it in wherever you can yeah god i yeah <laughs> i don't know my weeks are mad <laughs> they're really mad because you know i am a mum as well so which is good and bad because my work i can fit around that which is great mm. But um, there's lots of commitments, lots of things to remember every day. 
and every week sometimes very very occasionally i might forget something like a cricket match which i did okay. so um <laughs> so I, I i don't know i kind of um i work between i work officially between the hours of sort of nine and three just about okay i suppose so i have to fit stuff in it's difficult i can't lie it's it's a challenge it's it's a juggle every day every week um so within those hours yeah i try and do my admin uh reaching new clients actually doing a shoot you know um what else would i do you have to do a bit of house admin every now and again mm. i do my dad's work for his admin so i do quite a lot of things yeah <laughs> my life's a bit mad um so oh, so i have i do rely on to-do lists okay. and that's quite a big thing for me to keep me on track uh, and I fit in my networking, of course. Of course. Um, yeah. No, I can't can't do without that. Um, so I don't know. I don't have a very structured week. It, it really is. Every week is completely different. Um, but that's that's quite nice. I quite like that. It's not a bad thing. You know, sometimes there's things in the evening. I've got a networking event tomorrow night. So every week really is different. Doing a podcast today. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's 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 your people, so, isn't it? So yeah, I mean, you know, I'd always like more shoots. Um, it has been a bit quiet of late, but it's fine. I'm I'm relaxed about it. I'm teaching in between, so it's fine. You know, it's 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 doing all right at the moment, so I can't complain. <laughs> well, that leads perfectly into my next question because Great. um, so it's like we it's like we planned it. However, we did. <laughs> it's a perfect segue to um the next question, which was. What does what does success look like in your business? Is it as simple as get busier, or is it doing more jobs that you really care passionately about? What yeah, what does what does success look like for you? Oh my god, yeah, that's a really good question because I've really been thinking about that a lot recently. Because you know, often I'm sort of plagued by the fact that you know you've got to have this many jobs and you've got to be earning this much money and it's all got to be rolling and but more recently I'm thinking no it's it's more of a lifestyle thing it's more of I'm trying to see the bigger picture which leads into my book resource a bit later but like um I um I don't know I'm just trying to think of how I like my life to run as a whole rather than just my business so interesting so success I don't know it's having enough money I suppose um having the right gear that I need for work um but I suppose it sounds cliche but happiness is supposedly a big success thing for me if I'm happy and everything's going all right then then that's kind of the biggest success for me yeah moment that's why I always find it it's a good it's a it's a nice question to ask because it just means different things for different people um mm. and uh yeah I, I think you know you say it's a cliche but happiness but i think that if you are if you're in a position of happiness it means everything well if you're anything like me if you if you're sort of happy everything's kind of balanced you're, you're spinning plates but they're all spinning nicely and you're kind of oh we'll come over here and we'll spin that you know for a couple of minutes and then we'll pop over here and we'll do that whereas where if everything's really fraught and you're running yeah. around it's, it's difficult to get to that spot isn't it so um yeah it's, yeah so I, I do have to remind myself you know hmm. that it's all fine it's all calm we're, this is interesting and we're doing a little bit of this today a little bit of that 
but I'm getting better at sort of going with the flow with that. And it's 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 more enjoyable when you yeah let go of feeling fraught and yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, it, it's such a mental game though, isn't it? Running mm. it's it's I always find that it's all very well being nice and laid back and uh happy if the work's mm-hmm. coming in, but it's very yeah. difficult to continue that mindset uh when the, where the shit's hitting the fan <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's very true yeah we can't be all floaty and lovey-dovey every day no yeah it'd be <laughs> lovely if you could get into that zen mindset or whatever happens but yeah well maybe maybe better humans than me can but i certainly can't no i can't either <laughs> <laughs> great stuff well um we've this is this is raced by but we've come to our, our final two questions and i'll also give you the opportunity to give yourself um a social media plug so people can find you online um okay. but the first the first of the final two um and thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me safely i've had a i've had a great chat hope you have yeah, too good yeah brilliant um so yeah what book or resource in your profession has had the biggest impact on you and I always say profession I always um caveat there with it but it can be your life too yeah so this this isn't specifically to do with photography this one but it's something I came across I can't think at what point but it's a book by a guy called Pat Flynn and it's called Will It Fly I don't know if you know that one no uh, another one from my list brilliant (laughs) it's really good it's it's how to test your next business idea so you don't waste your time and money that's the idea so it's like you you float this idea with his like sort of structure that you go through yeah the first thing he goes through is um it is like a five-year projection and oh, I just, i've just found that really good and i actually finally worked through it the other day um and you divide your life into four sections i'll just say this quickly so i chose family health finances and fun okay and you just you really you write as much as you want to in those four sections but you're actually as if you're actually living it as if you're actually gone forward five years and you're actually living it so you have to use the right language as if you're actually there and doing it and it's it's an amazing thing like it's not just goals it's just how you will be living your life in five years time and I love doing that (laughs) that's uh, yeah I'm a big fan okay well I'll add that to the show notes so anybody listening that wants to get their hands on that that sounds Yeah, really valuable book. I've never heard of that either, so that's great. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, brilliant. All right, thank you. That's a that's a one. Like I said, one for my list, my ever growing <laughs> list. That I'm, yeah, I know. That I, I know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> great. So, uh, before the final question, where can people find you online? So I'm mainly hanging out on LinkedIn these days. So I'm under Fleisha Bass, um, and that's where I'm posting mainly each week. Um, I'm also on Instagram under Parker and Boots Photography. Um, yeah, so that's so I do post on there fairly regularly. Uh, I've also got another site called Felicia's Fine Photography. So that's my that's the name I started with ten years ago, but I'm slowly sort of moving away from that to Parker and Boots. Okay. Okay. So I think that's it. I'm on Facebook, but I'm not using that so much. Um, my website, shall I give? Yeah, give. Why? Yeah. Why? Why the hell not? Why <laughs> Okay, so it's parkerandbootsphotography.com. That's me. Brilliant. Thank you. And uh, all those handles and websites will be on the show notes too. Thank you, Ben. So, final question, Flea. Drum roll. Um, What one piece of advice would you give creative business owners if they were starting in the industry tomorrow? 
Yeah, no, that's a great question. It's hilarious though, because I missed a bit that you said one piece. So I was writing all these things like just like <laughs> business. And then I was like, Flee, read the question. <laughs> so my one piece of advice would be to get networking just from the get-go, even before the get-go, is is yeah, to network. You need you need support out there, you need clients, but you also need a network of support as well. So I just think the sooner you can do that, the better. Yeah, a brilliant piece of advice. I mean, anybody that's listened to any of these knows that I'm a massive fan of networking. I'm constantly talking about networking and, and just I would totally back that up. Just if you're mm. if you're self-employed um, and it's just you or your very small team, there's just it's just the number one thing. But yeah, networking, I mean, that's something I just I wish I'd started much sooner and, and understood the value much, much a long time ago. But there you go. So if I was giving that advice, that's what I'd give. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Amazing. Right, Flea, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. I've had a, a like I said, brilliant chat. Um, it's been a blast. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Ben. That's been brilliant. Great to chat to you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've hated it, keep quiet. But if you've loved it, you can support the show by sharing it with anyone who may love it too. Have a nice one. And I'll see you next time for another episode of Squaring the Circle. Thank you.